Welcome to the Imprinted Podcast, where you get to hear the journey of black creators within the industry. Come along to gain in knowledge, hearing stories, and simply being immersed with me, your host, Garcia. Whether you're tuning in from home or on your way to work, I hope you enjoy as we navigate in between, within, and around the topics that have made each guest who they are today. Yeah. So how are you? You know, I'm doing amazing, thank you. How about you? Um, <laughs> trying to get there. It's a bit hard, obviously. We've had kind of a few conversations, but like doing uni online is just, it's not the one. Yeah, no, I, I mean, fortunately for me, yeah, we can't really make a film from online. You really have yeah. to be there. And Have um, you been finding it working during this whole like pandemic and stuff? Yeah. Uh, it's been insane. I mean, it's one side where it's a blessing, obviously, to have a job in the first place. Uh, something that I, need to, I always remind everyone, like, it's, it's mad that you get to even leave the house to, to go and work. Like a lot of people, some people have lost their jobs, a lot of people working from home, and they're just, yeah, stuck in that routine of literally you wake up, you go to the next room, and you might even have another room. You just work, work for the day and then switch off your laptop yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And to think that we've been doing this cycle, well, I've had breaks where I've been able to go to work and go to uni, but to think that essentially some people have been doing that cycle for like a year now. Goodness me. It's nuts. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Like, yeah. um, for people that are listening, could you like quickly, briefly say your current job right now? Oh, man, you're going <laughs> to... <laughs> if you um... can... So I'm um, I'm working as a producer's assistant. Um, oh, let me just introduce myself. That'll probably be easier. Um, my name is Ben Wangenye. Um, I've been freelancing in film for the last two and a bit years now in London, ever since I graduated back in 2018. Wow. Um, and yeah, I've been fortunate. I've been freelancing, jumping from job to job. So right now I'm freelancing as a producer's assistant. It's my first ever time in this role. Um, very different to what I've done before and we're currently um, I'm working on a universal film that's as far as I'll go yeah okay so before we like break down like that whole stuff let's kind of like go back a bit to like who you are so we can get a picture um obviously do a bit of research on whatnot you're Kenyan (laughs) so like for how did you like what's your journey from being born in one country and then coming to the UK? Yeah, I mean, um, so that was, yeah, so I, I, very good research, actually. <laughs> um, so I was born, yeah, I was born in Kenya, um, grew up there for nine years, and then when I was nine, I moved over to here, London. Um, and I mean, that transition, as always, is, is, is tough. Like, well, I, I guess I was quite fortunate uh, to be relatively comfortable in Kenya, and then obviously come here and you're like, whoa, you're losing certain certain aspects you're losing yeah. like um we are in Kenya we had house help but my parents always like insisted that like I'll do my own stuff but yeah there's always someone in the house to help with things and uh like even when I was quite young I had a nanny it was normal um and yeah coming here it's like wow like, there's no one to help you <laughs> <laughs> do you find it hard to like adapt once, do you find the adaption really hard, even though you just said that, but like in other aspects, like traveling and education I mean, and stuff? 
Yes and no. I mean, moving when you grow up from one side and then you move to another side, the one thing I will say is like you learn to adapt very quickly. Um, you have to adapt to. I, I guess this this is probably probably one of the yeah, it's probably one of the main reasons why I love my job at the moment because it's like everything changes. There's no set like this is this is the routine. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. Like like I know I'm working yeah I'm working until July and that's it I don't know what's happening after <laughs> we'll see that's kind of exciting for some people that's a bit like that will cause some sort of anxiety like not knowing but I feel like that's kind of fun it's like watching you know when you watch like action movies like you just don't know what's going to happen next but you just know it's going to be thrilling exactly yeah I mean uh yeah it's it's insane half half the stuff that's happened um even when we even when we, when we got here like yeah me just having to assimilate to what's happening here and I mean it's, it's it's a sense of I guess why I connect to the obviously a lot of other third culture kids like kind of don't fit in anywhere because like you go back like when I go back to Kenya I'm British when I come here yeah. <laughs> it's just like it, it's that weird it's that interesting space that we fit in and it's really cool I really like I love it I wouldn't yeah, want I feel to, change like, it, to be honest I feel like a lot of people who are from other countries which is a great majority especially in London kind of have that aspect to them like when you go back home you're just like I love it here but to them you're kind of like you know you're not really from here like you're from a whole different world but you're able yeah. to immerse yourself in like two different worlds at the same time I don't know how to explain yeah. it but I think it's really sick and do you feel like being able to adapt like that is kind of what made you want to get into the job you're in today I mean yeah it definitely helps um in terms of just um I love tech and I like business. And when I was uh, when I was uh, um, in high school, secondary school, I um, I really liked business studies. Like I actually did business studies and, and double yeah double business studies and IT at A level. Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then um, I took a gap year after that, and then decided, you know what? I, I, it was actually one night I was. Um, I was watching interviews, like this, this behind the scenes interviews of, uh, of a movie I was watching, a producer described what, what she did. And I was like, that sounds really interesting. Like, yep, that's the role I want to do. I knew from then, that was it. So, like, so, so sixth form, so as soon as you hit sixth form, and that's it, and here you are like following through. Cause I feel like a lot of the times you change your mind that as you're going, you're like, oh, actually, I want to do that and you're like oh actually that looks interesting I want to get a bit of that kind of thing so do you feel like when you had that certainty do you feel like other people try to because sometimes it happens especially when you want to get into the creative industry people are like are you sure this is the set industry you want to go into did you have that for you yeah I mean you have to question yourself every time like um the hours I do the just even the fact that obviously job security is never 100% certain I mean it's something that you, you have to ask yourself like it, I ask myself a lot like it, am I really like wanting to do this and then <laughs> the answer is always yes <laughs> afterwards I'm like yeah that was actually really fun <laughs> oh hopefully that I can relate to this <laughs> in not in like a year or so because I feel like it's a thing where you see one thing and then you have that kind of idea I think for me when I was in because I didn't do A-levels because I went the college that I went to you just do one subject and that's it so when I was in when I was doing my GCSEs and then I was in media and I, I 
didn't have an idea why I fully chose media, but I just like, yeah, this is, I know this is what, it sounds fun. It just sounded fun. And I didn't want to do anything that put too much pressure on me, especially at that age. And it was one of the classes, I think we was doing something with sci-fi and I was like, yeah, this, this has me immersed into this kind of world. And then it just went on from there. But I feel like you have like highs and lows where, I don't know if it's the same for you, but you, you're in this, you want to go into this kind of like film creative industry, quote unquote. And you have to explain it to like your family and stuff, like this is what I want to do. And then it's kind of like a bit of a battle because you're on this path, which you're trying to find yourself and then you have your family that are asking you questions and you don't know how to answer it. Like, do you feel like you also had that kind of battle in your journey I mean, or was it the opposite? I, I'm very fortunate. I, I will never um, be able to like thank my parents enough. Like, yeah. when I mean, my dad always tells me like if you're he told me especially from very young he's like if you're going 100 percent at something i'll back it i like, obviously yeah. if it's something that he's not used to then obviously he'll question me more and more but if i keep, keep persisting at it and this is definitely one of those things like um he told me recently he's like yeah because I, I asked him because um i was in a clubhouse um room and they were talking about like um especially about african filmmakers and the, the real question was like, how did your parents take it? And I was like, well, I'd actually know. <laughs> like, I haven't asked, I haven't asked them because yeah. they've never, they've never been discouraging. I mean, they've, they've just pushed me and they've just seen that because I don't know, I, I go like very, I, I'm very tough on myself in terms of discipline. Like, um, just because I, the purpose I have is just, I mean, I want to tell stories to African diaspora in, in particular. I mean, it's, it'll be accessible to everyone. In particular, my my keen interest is to have so kids who are growing up nowadays. I mean, they're very fortunate. I mean, they, <laughs> there's so many examples. They have of, access to everything. Yeah, yeah, access to everything. So many, even in particular, film. Like there's there's more and more. They can you can see filmmakers making their way up. Yeah, and it's not just me. It's, it's like looking at if you look at the films f from. Um, Africa they're making to Netflix to Amazon like in Kenya there's um at least five or six films last year alone that made it onto Netflix like and Amazon there's other um films as well so it's just incredible to see that and for me yeah that's that's why like I'll do I guess I'll do whatever it takes until <laughs> hopefully I get a chance to be able to tell at least two or three stories no I can definitely I wouldn't even put a party to be able to tell <laughs> more than those kind of stories to be honest like more than two or three I could definitely see that happening um because you have that kind of drive isn't it and I feel like that's something you definitely have to build but luckily for you you can tell like you kind of knew yourself from an earlier age where people it statistically it takes a while to be like okay this for certain is what I want to do kind of thing and similar like your dad I think I kind of have that with my mom where she'll question me because she didn't understand but not in a way of like don't do it which kind of gave me like a that opened the door to just do whatever like make mistakes and not feel bad about the mistakes that I kind of made so I can like sense the similarities and stuff but with what you just said um and like how tv and film is today um if you backtrack to like when you came to the UK and stuff like that or even when you was in Kenya like do you have any recollection of what you saw on tv with like representation for yourself and stuff yeah. like that there wasn't much. I mean, when I grew up in Kenya, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna show my age a little bit to some people who were like eighteen. Um, 
there's there's um an hour slot five till six i'll never forget um if if i miss that doomed there's news after that the english version of the news and the kenyan even there's no there wasn't that, the options to like to go and watch like a dedicated tv show when i was growing up there at that time yeah. um but obviously coming here you're like wow like even in terms of representation i didn't see much i mean i watched a lot of cartoon network when i grew up when i was growing up so like kids next door um samurai jack and in fact when i re when i watch some of the stuff back now i'm like wow like they really didn't portray like there's some, some of the shows i didn't watch here the, the portrayal of like even people from different countries was just shocking like it's just very stereotypical in my eyes like i'll never forget there's one where they showed africans and it was just like very dark people like um i was just like oh my gosh how did he get away with this showing it to kids i think about that all the time in, with tv like the early 2000s even to mid like the thing when you look at when you look back at it now and it's just like how is this comedy or how is this just like for children i just feel like it's I don't know. Everyone says that. Oh, everyone's sensitive now, but there's some things where it's just like you kind of pass the line and whatnot. But like, even with the lack of representation, how do you feel like? Like looking back, if you can, do you feel like it made you look at yourself a bit differently, or kind of thing? Like, do you feel like you were bothered about it? Yeah, I mean, everyone you're influenced by it, unfortunately, and and the world around you is influenced by it. So, um, obviously, coming here from an African country, like people like they didn't understand like a lot of things like it, it's just the, <laughs> the simple things of understanding like every country ha like is diverse in itself so when people refer to like african or the, even the caribbean like if you look at the communities within one country there's probably like 54 different like in kenya there's definitely over 54 different languages spoke to give you an idea of like just how how yeah. diverse it is so you can imagine if you look at west africa south africa there's so many different languages people so diverse even in the, the way that I mean the tribes and all that were were conducting themselves and their traditions is so different there's so many different things and and you come here and people like <laughs> yeah just trying to put that uh, in one oh, box and I'm like yeah uh, it's way bigger mix, than you think yes and even to mix like that, the Caribbean community with the African I mean you have to give props I mean yes um history will tell you yes it, uh, like obviously the slave trade and all that caused a lot of that to accelerate in terms of forcing people to move there but now that they're there let, let, let them tell their stories like they have stories before and now they they're like in terms of people like yeah from the caribbean islands like everyone has they, they have their own space yeah oh well i feel like the space is starting to grow it's, it's small it's starting very slowly but I do think it's starting to grow like the different people that you're seeing in like the that are producing tv shows and whether it's a short or a tv series i feel like slowly it's happening i feel like the power of social media is actually like starting to make change like now more than ever like people are actually starting to speak up and are willing to back the person that spoke up and it's causing like a domino effect i think and i think like the more that we keep doing that with all our countries like uniting or that whatever which part you're from I feel like it will allow people to be like okay we're gonna actually hear you out now like we'll actually give you the opportunity to tell your stories and I think like it's a sick thing honestly especially when I see like younger people now 
as we said before with the access with tv and whatnot um if you want to go on youtube and watch something that was produced in africa or produced in america or whatever you're able to do that whereas for us we was just like whatever's on <laughs> on the skybox that's what you're watching <laughs> and, <laughs> like and yeah i think it's just crazy because as well as younger people learning we're also learning as well and accepting to learn which i think is sick but talking about learning um i wanted to like head into your life on in uni so like what uni did you go to and what did you study so i did film and tv production at the university of cumbria how did you okay i know you said when you watched that video um when the producer was explaining her role that kind of gave you the idea okay this is what i want to get into was there any other thing that pushed you to study that course i mean i'd 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 been involved in like filming a couple of videos and stuff um, in terms yeah. of in, in technical teams. So like I had a basic understanding. That's quite, I'm like, I mean, I've got a film camera um, <laughs> in my room. So I've always been keen because like my dad, my dad used to have a film camera and I have that now. It's been handed over to me and I, I've yeah. been, I, I like, I'll never forget actually in 2004, that was the first time I saw a camera phone. Oh my goodness. That blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how can it, how can you talk and take a picture at the same time? I think it's crazy. I, I I remember the the picture the first the first picture I took I remember it was in my aunt's house before That's we left crazy. Kenya like before we left to here, um, it was in a living room. I took a picture of literally the TV because I just couldn't believe it. So I took a picture and I showed my dad. Literally, like, oh, you remember two thousand and four? That's crazy. I, I yeah, <laughs> I, vi- I actually vividly remember that. Like if I get my dad here, he'll 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 definitely be able to remember that one. That's that's nuts. So I, I think I yeah, first year I studied the same course as well, but then I ended up changing. But for you, um, what would you say your experience was like? Because I know everyone has different experiences, but what do you say, not just your overall uni experience, but your experience in that particular course? Yeah, I mean, um, so for those of you who don't know, the University the Cumbria, first of all, let's see what that is. <laughs> so northwest of England. Um, and to give you an idea of how far away it was from London. I was so you think of Newcastle and then go to the other side of the country. That's exactly I was literally the last stop before going to Scotland if you were taking the train up. The last um, stop. England, yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I was as close to the border. So we, Carlisle is um a city. So the, the I think it's the furthest city up north, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone past there. No, I put that um, in my education book. Something yeah. new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so from that experience, I mean, yeah, when I started uni there, I'll never forget, it, like, there's very few black people to start off with, in, just in general. <laughs> like, So why did you choose that uni, or was it up to you? It was up to me, actually, yeah. So, I mean, taking gap here, I mean, I just got to interview different unis, like Southampton, there's one in London, and, I mean, it's more the lecturers who sold it to me. I mean, they, they did a very good job of selling the uni, and the, the fact that I should try, I should just give it a go yeah that that's and, that's good was it was it what you expected when everything that they sold you was it as did they portray it correctly or was it just marketing oh man i'm not i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> everyone i mean with with every course um yeah universities there's never going to be perfect um there's going to be issues arising there's going to be things that were promised that unfortunately for, for some reason or the other they, they, they're unable to deliver um, yeah. to your year so that that's the thing that hurts the most it's like 
watching other years get stuff and you're like oh my gosh like it's too late for us yeah <laughs> but um I mean it it it, it 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 also added to the, the burden on me in the sense of just making sure like my experience would not be felt by anyone else coming up from London because I understand just even me going up might mean there might be another kid from London um that's also got a similar background to me just being able just wanting to go up just because they're like oh yeah but he's gone up he's made a film or two but I want to make sure obviously to to feedback in terms of like I mean it, it, the lecturers they, they were very very good like I was probably the annoying one like for every student I always tell you I was um encouraged you gotta be annoying a little bit but in yeah, terms of in, you have to be slightly you have to pester slightly but just enough so that obviously it show but you have to show you're driven at the end of the day like um yeah, lecturers aren't they they're going to do their job but if <laughs> not the not that I encourage everyone to be selfish but you have to think of the group and then think of how how is their teaching helping you progress and and the group because obviously you think you like when you vote you think for you your family and then you think of your community that's how people vote that's why people are very set in terms of how they how how they vote yeah and it's it's kind of kind of a similar experience when you're at uni like you're going to uni first of all it's for you like you, at the end of the day your name's going to be on that degree <laughs> if, yeah if you pass true, yeah. and it, it's going to be marked by them so you kind of have to have that um that sense of drive and i mean uh, to answer your question um i'd definitely say the the was over promised i reckon it was and i mean i i'd push to try and get a lot of stuff done um like an awards night I was the first student to get an awards night at a cinema <laughs> and that that was organized in six weeks like it's not impossible I really tell I, I feel sorry it's for the six students weeks now. yeah I feel sorry for the students you set, you nah. set, a, you set a, a, a kind of like a standard that that <laughs> people are going to be looking like can I reach that now I mean I, I mean I mean yeah in terms of just to give you an idea of how it actually happened so it's just like there was one day I was like the the people in third year at the time so I was first year were were like their films are really good like at the time that was like they set levels like one of the guys made a one of the guy made a feature film uh over three years like and then just their quality of films are amazing and I was like it's such a shame that (laughs) nothing like obviously they go to awards the RTS awards and that sort of element but just in terms of internally just for having to, to, experience, to experience uh films on the big screen is such a vast difference like as much as um a projector screen at a lecture lecture hall will do and um people watching it like laptops the the cinema experience is, st- is still vastly different like you notice so much more when you're watching a big screen so i i was one yeah, there's one one like summer where I was, it was, it was um, I think it was March, yeah, beginning of March. I was like, wow, like, it's like, why don't we have an awards night? So I just started to looking into it, and because I'm, I, I don't know, maybe there's a part of me that's a bit of insanity there, but uh, I was like, yeah, I'll get organised. <laughs> yeah, just like and that. it was, and it was kind of, well, partly because I told a few people, so of course now the pressure. I put, I put pressure on myself because now other people are like, oh, they're kind of watching me to see if it'll get done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go, the hardest it, thing it, is a record. At the same time, that kind of that kind of helps you to actually get it done. 
Because a yeah. lot of the times we have like ideas and we're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that would actually be sick. And then we just let it go and then we just carry on with that. But I feel like there's a good and bad in telling other people. And the good thing is that it, what they low key, they keep you like on your feet to actually do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the hardest thing about that awards night was the red carpet. I promise you, like, if you try and find a red carpet, um, that's very common. You you would think you would think it's very common, but in Cumbria, when I was looking at the time, it probably is better now. But yeah, at the time, uh, yeah, luckily one of one of my course mates, his dad had a company that made carpets, so that was very fortunate. <laughs> I was like, what, the, most, what the best coincidence, yeah. I've, I've, so do I've, they, so does um, your uni still keep the awards um, night every year, or is it just something that you've done exclusively? Well, students who do it at the end of the day, like, um, and yes, I mean, when I finished uni, it was still going. I think the year after they're done, and then I think they're trying to get, of. Well, I don't know. I, I don't want to put pressure on the guys, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this this talk. Of, well, we know the ball kept rolling on. after you done it, which is a yeah, sick thing. It, it's a bit mad sometimes. I think about. It, I'm like, raw like <laughs> that, that like initial that. like, why don't we have that? But I I, I don't think um, I don't think they've ever had, they've had it at the cinema since. I I don't I don't I mean it's each each year group to do, each like student and the in their year group to decide how best to showcase their work like i'm not not one to advocate like oh it has to be a cinema like they, they there's other places in carlisle where, where they are there is a big screen and you still get the experience and you get the the kind of the after party kind of vibes yeah yeah so like um yeah it, you know you, you need experience did it well in your course wise it didn't sound too too bad to be honest because I feel like when I look I'm this is me kind of like talking from my own experience but when I was doing film and tv production at uni um in first year I felt like there was obviously similarities with other people in my course but I don't know if it was the same for you being well in my class not my lectures but in my class in my group I was like the only black person so there was sometimes depending on what we're learning in the week there was a bit of Ah, you can just sense the the difference in cultures and life kind of thing and like how we articulate and take in different things do you feel like that was the same for you but did it make a difference for you kind of thing it probably was the same absolutely um i mean <clears throat> to go to sorry to go to a un uh, a place where like the, the percentage like i'll never forget when i told my mom my goodness, she pulled up the stats <laughs> of how, Wait, how many black the people there. Of how many black people there? I was like, oh my gosh! It's like, I think at the time it was like less than zero point three percent. Less. Less than wow. 0.3%. <laughs> wow. Okay, so I didn't think you were gonna was, say something like that. Okay. Yeah, my mom was That's extremely concerned. Um, just to give you, yeah, just give you a picture of like there'd be times. Obviously, I like well, I'll never forget when I. It's like when I started. It was just me and another black guy in the course, and that was it. In terms of in terms of black people in the uni in my course, and there's there's 15 people in my um year, who are my year. So to be honest, I didn't let it impact me because I just um there's a lot of stories I want to tell, and I was like, well, this is not the right time, but I'll just learn, 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 learn. I mean, uni, like I was told from day one at uni, 
if you're going to uni, you use the kit. <laughs> Literally, you're paying a lot of money. Rent yeah. out the kit. If it's free to rent, why not rent it? Rent, like, I used to... Um, I used to produce a lot, of course, at uni. That's what I really wanted to do. But then I'd rent out cameras, sound kit, practice every weekend. Every weekend I'll be out taking pictures somewhere. Like it's on my Instagram, a photograph, uh, my practice uh, photography sessions um, and just just constantly self-improving, like learning, 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 learning lenses. Because le- it's, it's a dis- when you learn different disciplines, it helps with the understanding and being able to talk to other, other crew. Yeah, like even true. now, like being able to chat to DOPs who have done it 40 years but then you're like oh yeah I kind of understand a, a, a fraction of what they they're trying they, they're saying and how much they've got to more more they know it's just yeah just it's the ability to have a conversation with someone that's doing something different than you and not just sticking yeah. to your box but like even when you you just said that you knew the stories that you wanted to tell you could you just basically just had to learn how to tell it through uni essentially did that in a way bother you in any way? No. Or did you prep yourself to like know that's what it's going to be like? I mean, it, it, it took a lot of like harsh realities of like, right, like, and it's it, a lot of students, like, I, I, me, I'm, I'm not, not that I hate horror films, but then I'm not a total fan. But like, everyone <laughs> wants to seem to do the horror films, horror films. <sighs> and and, and it, it was partly like I, my lecture, this is where I was. I mean, when I tell you I'm very lucky, I was very lucky. My lecturer was actually making a film. Uh, he made a horror film. So he's actually able to, like, um, in terms of guiding and helping, that he's, he, he had a massive influence um, in terms of how I tell stories because he was, he was teaching us as well as um, he's done it. Like, he's doing it there, like, as we're doing yeah. it. Like, there's a time he Zoomed, he Skyped us from LA. <laughs> no way. I know, right? Like, and just to even have have that, role model like yeah he's definitely a role model to me like you're watching of... it in the action so yes it, it's not like you know when some people tell you something and it's just like but you're not you don't really get it because you're not actually doing what you're telling me but he's actually living the reality as well so it kind of pushes you in a sense i guess yeah and and not telling it from like 10 years ago they're telling it now like this, yeah. is, this is happening now and i mean yeah so it, to go back to whether it bothered me i mean it, the harsh reality was like people want to tell these stories so I'm like okay well uh, unfortunately I had a friend who he loves to tell um like real life stories like stories about relationships and I was like yes he's a good writer director this is the man I want to stick with um and in terms of um yeah so I just like I'd make sure I'd ace producing and then I'll do some on the location and there was a time where I was like you know what I'm tired I need to at least get a grade from a camera work to see where I'm at um so I did that for one of the music video modules and it's just yeah learning other uh, when you learn other skills yes it may not be what you want to tell like um when I started off in in film which we'll go into later I didn't start in the role I wanted to uh end up in but it's just that you start there somewhere and you, you learn more and more and then when it gets to your turn all this experience Will pay dividends like i'm what i've been fortunate to chat to directors to producers all these people and they all say the same thing <laughs> like, it's just yeah you, you, basically, you literally have to start from the ground up i feel like people think that's just a, a like a phrase that people just say but that's literally how it is especially in this industry like you see it in people's stories when you watch 
when you watch like documentaries and stuff like that or like listen to podcasts and people are literally talking about their journey and you're like okay wow you didn't just wake up one day and then you directed this big film you literally have to start from the bottom and whatnot but like yeah you know when you said there was 15 people was it literally in your whole course or was it in like some of your classes in my year 15 in my year 15 one five yeah Okay, everyone knew everyone group work was when i mean group work was was fun um because obviously uh, people made friends with people you want to work in certain groups which is fair enough and only yeah. the lectures try to mix up which is which on the, in their end i understand because obviously some students like if you come in late or whatever it's kind of, it's tough to come in but i always made sure to be inclusive because i understand how tough that is man <laughs> like first hand i'll tell you it's tough it's tough when you when you don't feel like a part of a group or even a year group, to be honest. And yeah. like, if people felt like, I, I don't know, maybe people are nervous of the people around me and stuff like that. I'd like to think I'm approachable. Let's just put it that way. Do you think because it was such a small number, it allowed like different voices to be heard? Like it allowed everyone to have the, the room and the floor to actually speak? and understand i mean yes and no because i mean with the the way the the way the courses run my when i was there um like we do practical projects like every within three months we were making a film within every three months was some form of project or film related thing so like um but it, when it came to group work it was like you had to pick a role so as a director dop yeah. sound editor producer and um, just stick with that role and i i just stick with producer because no one's people bicker over director and dop which i'm not bothered about but now i think the way obviously based off the, un, the uni is obviously le- the lectures are learning as the years go on so they've kind of broken the roles a little bit more because obviously when you have such a small number you can't have you can't have too many roles in one group because then obviously you might as well do the whole year yeah, <laughs> one, making true. one film um but if you want to tell more films of course more stories like to give people more of a chance um it, it, the, there was very few people want to do screenwriting to be honest that's why i i always respect screenwriters i did one module and i was like goodness me like this is fun <laughs> uh and the, but, but then i love I, I i love writing scripts but i understand I, I love seeing the business side of it. So that's why I guess for me, creative producing was fun because I get to see the production side of it, but also yeah. you're there in development and you just, you see that from development all the way to post and release. That, that for me, that's exciting. Yeah, it, it, it's essentially the balance, basically. Exactly. Yeah, your, your experience doesn't sound too bad. And I, I had to change the unis. <laughs> like, wow. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't handle it when I was doing film at the first uni that I went to like it wasn't all the way bad but I just knew there was better and I just like I have to go like I have to go when it came to like um just not even not even just my story as a black person but like the way they approached me not just in learning about black culture like I could do that in my spare time if I wasn't learning it in my course or whatever I wasn't too upset about it because I knew in my spare time I could then watch a documentary on this subject and apply what I learned to my own 
research basically but I feel like it was how it was just how it was when we're working together I guess we didn't really have that kind of cohesiveness or and the two cultures just wasn't merging like I'm from London like for me it's one day you can be in your group of friends and in that group there could be a black person and then an Asian person and a white person it's fine like we all understand each other but when you go out of a city it's just like okay well you're also hit with a different kind of reality and so are they I guess oh yeah I mean it, there's a lot of creative differences in my human yeah. experience of course and there's definitely like it, it took took some time and then you kind of just learn how like I was fortunate that obviously I want to be a producer so there's very few there's like literally no one else in my year who wants to do it really unless they yeah. had to so I, I was fortunate to be able to pick a, a, a which project I prefer to work on if you get what I mean yeah so um th- that was the the fortunate side of it and yes of course there's many 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 creative differences my goodness but um I've just been fortunate that obviously everyone everyone was pushed like not everyone at uni pushed themselves but I, I pushed and made sure to maneuver certain things to make sure it benefit me and not affect my grade first yeah. and foremost of of course like telling the story is important and we're, we're everyone's learning how to tell the story at the same time and trusting a director who's very very new to it to be able to do it and like getting cast of musical theatre actors other people who are learning their craft so there's just a lot of learning and trying to merge and make that cohesive was very difficult and as a producer it was always fun I like like everyone that I've managed to get on board with my projects I'm really 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 grateful for and of course like they're all doing amazing things now it's it's, it's some of the people That's good. Just, it, it's, it's encouraging to see I mean I, I, I keep track of what they're doing so you all like well the majority I guess are still in contact or like even after uni and whatnot yeah I mean we have a uni group chat it's <laughs> I, I'm, I'm probably the the, the um, person who doesn't post in there at all because <laughs> uh, and I mean yeah other people do keep in contact but I guess I I've been fortunate I mean once I finished I was I just literally hit the ground running and it just, it, it, things got very busy and I mean that's no excuse as to why I'm not responding but like um, I will like I will occasionally check in with a couple of people to see how people are doing, and then like my lectures, I still probably pester more than most. <laughs> um, like Those um, are the best recently, to keep. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, recently I was I, I called my lecture and we were talking about um, it's just more like I was offering like yeah, if there's anything I can do to help in terms of obviously I understand it's tough, <laughs> tough now. It's always been tough to get into film. and in a pandemic it only gets even tougher and I mean this is where it comes from it it needs people to to push themselves as well a bit harder like you need the drive has to come in now to be able to constantly email people message people on Instagram there's so many different platforms that people have now to be able to get in contact with people I, 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 I mean when people ask me oh where's the best place to to contact people working in film and I'll be very film specific because I mean TV that's a whole different world as well and yeah. I kind of keep tabs on a couple of groups about TV and then that's about it so I, I wouldn't want to say too much because obviously like I mean just based 
if you look at the trends now, I mean, Clubhouse, say we're filming this in March. So I joined in December. That's when it was like, that's when the, the hype ex- of the exclusivity was still quite high. Mm-hmm. People like struggling to get in. Like if you, you, you didn't really know anyone that had Clubhouse. And I mean, the rooms where you join there, you, like people were networking. Like I, 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 that's why I find it really baffling. Like it's like people moaning about Clubhouse. And I'm just like, but it's the people you follow. So I thought, make sure to I think follow that's with people. everything. Yeah, exactly. So like I make sure yeah. to, to follow the people who, who are going to be talking about the stuff I want to listen to. So when I go on Clubhouse now, like I can, let's just see, I can see um, in terms of the rooms now, the, the top room at the moment is it's a writer's room. So publishing secrets with best-selling authors. And then there's other rooms. And then the next one down is Hollywood Dream Myth Part 2. Um, and then there's other networking events I can see. People are networking using these yeah. apps. Like the, wherever there's an there's a, a ability to social network, there, there will be an ability but that's to That's essentially network. what it is, social media, like social. <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? That's a highlight of the word. And I feel like you're not just talking to me who's about to finish uni. I feel like um, you're also talking to like people that are listening right now because sometimes when people talk to me and like, oh, how did you end up meeting this person? Or like when I'm shadowing or a runner on a, on a shoot, it's just like, how do you do it? How did you get that? Instagram. Like <laughs> everyone has this, like you have Clubhouse, everyone has their apps. I feel like for mine was just Instagram because I didn't really have Twitter until um, this lockdown. Like I didn't really use it. And then I'll just DM people like, Everyone checks their DMs. When you see, like, I don't know, the, some people when they see blog pages and they say this happened in someone's DM, that means they pre it all the time. Like, they always, they will see your message. It's just up to them if they want to answer it. But it's just taking that risk and sending a DM. There's so much people that I've been able to meet um, just through that. And it's just using it to your advantage, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of says a lot. Like, it, even I guess for a lot of people who don't know how we met, we met at the Baptist. <laughs> just to get, yeah, that's which is to be honest that 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 whole saga was mad. How I even got there. Um, but how? I mean, my, do you? Yeah, if you don't mind going into that. Yeah, my, my friend, um, my friend Joe, um, we met. Uh, me, we met at networking events. So I, I used to go to a rain dance, networking event. They had it. They have it every Monday, and. Um, yeah, Joe, Joe and I would be the guys to, we're both Kenyans, so we're like, wow, we really click. Like, um, and this was back in 2000 and I was, I I was still at uni. I was actually still at uni when I met Joe. So it's probably like 2017. Yeah. And I'd go, when I'd be back in London, I'll go and make sure I'll go. And then he'd be the guy who'd be like, oh, are you going? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So we'd kind of bounce with each other and encourage each other. And um, like, so after doing that for a while, I went back to uni came back graduated and i'm freelancing a film and oh yes i'll never forget actually where i was when he called me so this one thursday i was working like i was, I was fortunate i was mad how i kept getting jobs so i was i was working on star wars i was helping um episode nine i was helping my friend in the props department we, we were moving loads of props oh my gosh um but yeah so it was driving a long way to where massive warehouse and we're moving loads of stuff. Um, so whilst I was doing that, 
get a random call. So I'm like, oh, Joe, what's up? And he's like, oh, are you free tomorrow? It's going to sound a bit mad. And I was like... Wait, tomorrow? He called you the day before. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he called me the day before. So obviously I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, what's up? And he's like, oh, um, I just, I might need a hand with like, I need an extra camera person. Are you free? And I was like, right, like, let me, let me see what I'm doing. <laughs> so I hung up the phone. Oh, now I'm checking my calendar in case I book something. I haven't. I call him back straight on. Yeah, yep, I'm free. Just send me the details later. So, you did, so, the, so you didn't know it was for the BAFTAs. You didn't. You didn't have a clue nope. exactly what it was. But he, he just said, "Oh, it's an awards night at the BAFTAs." I didn't. I, I didn't question anything past that. Just like, okay, cool, I'm down. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> the day before, wow. Yeah, See, I got I, a bit I, more notice than you. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah, like he called me the night before, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll be a camera guy." I'm like, me. The thing with me is like I, I might like this obviously with with everything a lot of people do like you yes you have disciplines as filmmakers are disciplines in multiple things but there's some things that you're like you need to brush up on a bit camera is definitely one of those and I made sure like I got on the, on the day I got the camera and I was like yeah I need to brush up quickly so I was quickly like re remembering where buttons are what this does and then you're like, yeah once you get that it, it's like riding yeah. a bike you just need to get used to it again and then once you're there like we, we shot that and um yeah, I gave, like, it was mad because, I mean, yeah, I met you and then, yeah, we were filming a couple of things and then I gave Joe the camera at the end of the night and that was it. Okay, that's mad. amazing. That's crazy, yeah. yeah. I can't believe I didn't even start off with talking about how we met. Um, yeah, mine is similar kind of thing. I w- it's crazy because you finished uni that year and I started uni that year. Um, so I was, I go uni, I went uni just outside of London um, at that point. I was uni in Essex. And then my friend, which was Lazaya, we went to the same college together. And he was just, like, we did a few little projects together, you know, just to better our skills and whatnot. And then I don't know how, it had to be before the day, <laughs> not like you, because I had to obviously get a train into London. And then he was just like, yeah, got this opportunity. Just might do a bit of film work just going to help out with the people there um I just know it's a wood show and I'm just like, okay like and that's I'm the kind of person I just say I'd rather say yes to an opportunity and just test how it is and then yeah it came out to be like a pretty fun night it was kind of hectic <laughs> but it was a like a sick experience to be honest um working alongside like you and Joe and just meeting so much people that some people you see on tv and some people you would have never knew like this is a job bro and I feel like at that age like 18 to be doing what we were doing I was just like okay this is mad like, I thought I, mean, I would have never thought you would have just come out of uni I thought you were doing this for like a while <laughs> Free nah. there. I mean I mean I'm very blessed in terms of I mean a lot of people I work with yes they're seen on tv films all this and I mean even that was like I don't know if I was at the after party and I was like bro like this sounds insane. <laughs> yeah. Especially like, someone that's fresh out of Joe, uni kind of seen it. Yeah, I was telling Joe, I was like, this is insane. Like, if anyone asked me what I've been doing yesterday, I'm like, yeah, I was at the BAFTAs. <laughs> at the BAFTAs, I went to an after party here, and they're like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, it just, it, it just it, it sounded very, very crazy. And it, and it was. It was a very fun experience. I mean, what, what, meeting Nelson Mandela's grandson, that's mad. That's, yeah, that's like that stuff crazy. that a lot of people... I'm not able to say but yeah I mean yeah that's true very funny I I agree like meeting people like him and like Lenny Henry and it's just these are people that you just hear it's not you don't ever think like yeah I'm just gonna be helping them out or alongside them 
for the whole day kind of thing so I feel like it was a really sick experience and you could you imagine just like one night in 2018 and like here we are like still in contacts and whatnot and I feel like that's the power of keeping in contact and networking like every time someone answers me a question and probably you get the same question it's just keeping in contact with the people you meet um essentially that will that will help you and it needs to and it needs to happen oh yeah um so that so that for you that happened how long after you graduated oh so graduated when was it so that was 2018 at the end, wasn't it? Like no, November. I, I know it was the end of the year, yeah. Uh, I finished uni in, um, I finished uni early actually. So June, I moved back to London um, end of June. I'll never forget. Yeah, end of June, I moved back. Then I technically graduated in November. That's when the actual graduation ceremony was. So I had to take a break from working. Um, for I literally took a day off to work, to go to graduate, go back to the film set next day. Yeah. Mad. It, it, yeah, it was all mad. Um, but I mean, w- w- there's, there's definitely like going to be like loads of resources that I have that I'm able to share, of course. Um, and the, the main one that really changed the way I um, I mean, I approach people in terms of trying to get jobs. I mean, obviously the social media, but there's there's one podcast. It's, it's from the series called Film Industry Pro. And there's one episode about a runner my goodness this girl actually like i got I had to email her one day she actually changed literally the way i i approached it and she's definitely been someone whose advice that i've taken aboard and it's genuinely worked um because yeah. obviously you you hear a lot of people um when they're like oh yeah like you should do this that and the other she explained what she was doing at the time and i was like raw like no one's ever like, that was the first time i'd ever heard someone say oh you should try and email like hod's or specific things and you should try and do do it this way, do that way, do you know that just when someone gives the nitty gritty of what they're doing, yeah. Like I guess the, for me, and the formula of, of the structure, yeah. Like in terms of, I would recommend. It depends which department you want to go to specifically. So like for those camera people, definitely Instagram. That's where you find camera people. And I mean, in terms of IMDb, IMDb Pro, they have a thirty day free trial, so you can just. You got a time a while though, because I, I did. I had to do it. I started in July. I started in July. I'll never forget. July was the month where I emailed. Um, my aim was my aim was a lot of people, and I hit fifty people a week, fifty different people. So it ranged from producers to thing. But you just and you, if you're going to do something like that, I'd definitely recommend what I do now. Uh, I won't say what I used to do, just in case I <laughs> upset someone. <laughs> Um, so oh, I'm holding up my phone. You, you aim to have the body of the email in one page on the phone. That literally okay. is no more. Than the, and to be honest, half the phone page should be that because then it's encouraging to be like, oh, it's actually not that much to read. And then you just attach a CV and just say, oh, if you if you happen to be to hear or know of anyone that's looking for an assistant or whatever job role you're going for, um, please feel free to forward my email. Or, yeah like and when you say 50 people that you how long did that go on for you said a month that's how long that's how long i had my mdb for 30 days that's (laughs) good race it was a race to find like literally i I go through my history now my emails i'm like raw that's a lot of emails i sent um and it and it, it was just like 
obviously I, I understand like it's tough it's even tougher now because of course like people crew up and it's it's breaking into it into the industry is tough but once you break in not that it gets too much easier it just gets a little bit easier because now obviously you've got at least one contact and one thing i definitely recommend um and it's the way i started so I, when i finished uni in july um fortunately when i was at uni i worked on two films as a um location marshal uh just for those that don't, don't know like um, when films are shooting out in public um and they're cordoning off roads and stuff and you're like imagine you're walking through somewhere and some there's a big film happening there they'd have someone in a high vis um in, in the edge just asking you to use a different route that's all that that used to be my first job um and i did that on peter rabbit uh and then Doolittle when they came up to cumbria and then do, from when I was working on Doolittle, a lot of the location assistants, who I'm still friends with now, actually, they um, they said, oh, yeah, yeah, just email me. Da, 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 da. I'll never forget, actually, it, one of the main guys who really helped me out was Elliot. Um, and he, yeah, he just said, yeah, just, just email me or drop me a text, whatever, uh, when you're back in London. So, yeah, I did. And there's another location assistant, Melissa, at the time. Um, she forwarded on my CV to an ALM, Assistant Location Manager, on Spider-Man Far From Home. And I'll never forget, I got one random, like, obviously in July, in the middle of July, I was emailing, like, mad, like, oh, da 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 like, trying to get a job. I get yeah. a call, like, oh, can you come and work on this this project? Um, it's called Bosco. I'll never forget the, the working title, um, Bosco, at the time, uh, at this place. And, yeah, it was mad. Like, literally, my first day, I met Tom Holland. Like, just, that's, that's, that's literally... Crazy. Uh, yeah, so... I kept. I worked on Spider-Man Far From Home as a location marshal a lot. Like that was pretty much most of my summer. Thank goodness. Like it was a lot of central London locations, Tower Bridge, which is seen in the film. Hopefully, I'm not spoiled it for anyone. Um, and should have been watched it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, as my experience grew, so did the trust levels the location assistants had with me and and assistant location managers. Because um, now, now I wasn't just hired to go and stand at the edge because anyone could not any, anyone could with who's polite who's done customer service jobs like i'd done i used to work in new look and but i used to work, do a lot behind the tills so for me that was it's it just a, a different experience of asking people to go a different way yes yeah. it might be raining yes it might be this but it's exciting because like you're there you're helping set up with the film yeah you kind of see a bit but not too much but then as my experience grew like a month in like less than a month in it was like now I'm helping with Video Village. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, it's a Video Village, so it's it's kind of self-explanatory in that sense. So it's where we find video monitors, um, the sound guys, the uh, and they all have like these um, easy ups, uh, and we we'd set them up wherever they need them. So like I'd help with moving that. So like yeah, say for shooting one facing one way uh down the road and then they're like oh we want to get the reverse of this so obviously that involves the whole unit moving that's where i'd get a call on the radio guys we need to move everything so we're moving video village helping other departments move their stuff uh, to wherever it needs to move out the, sh- out the shop um and then yeah that was me for a little while then i managed to get on star wars as uh, lock off pa and a lock off pa is basically with the assistant director's um, department within there, they normally have like 
lock off PAs and they, their job is to help with um, locking off like areas. So like, oh, if you don't want any sound because it's like quite a dialogue heavy scene, you need people right at the edge of a set or someone at the edge of the frame to stop anyone from walking into shot when they're rolling. The, yeah. the, those little things which sound um, very, very like silly, but to be honest, it saves millions of pounds. So yes, of course they're going to do it. It's a serious job. Every job literally helps. Like the, yeah. From the minute all the way up. Exactly. So so most of the roles that you started off when you finished uni, it was just for like a month or so because essentially you, you kind of, you were emailing a lot. Some of them was like filmed where your uni were. So it was before you graduated as well. So you kind of was able to not speed the process like a lot because it's still going to be a long journey but you were able to get through certain aspects of it quicker than it would have you would have anticipated basically yeah and I mean for for those who are wondering like oh how, how long was the job for bro some of them were done one day some are two days like, I, I would hustle hard to make sure like there'd be, there'd be weeks where I'm working on five different films across five days that's crazy I think <laughs> you have to just adapt like every day just like okay prepare yourself okay boom next film and, and one thing i definitely recommend to a lot of people is if you can drive definitely definitely like work on that asap asap yeah like, we had oh this conversation gosh. and now it's just drilled into my head because i wasn't gonna drive and then we had a conversation on instagram and then i was just like wow actually i need to get my license because when like when you live in london and you travel all over all the time it's just like it's just easy to get on the train on the underground boom you're there in like less than half the time but like you just opened my eyes to like okay if you want to get into the industry you might actually need to get your license quicker than you thought I mean yes because it's like you don't limit yourself just to like central London locations or London accessible locations like yeah a lot of the studios are not not as easy to get to by public transport um and obviously now if you have a car you're able to work on jobs outside of London now so yeah kind of you, you want to basically make your your life as easy as possible and open as many doors as you can like for me when I finished uni I didn't drive oh my goodness I did that's why a lot of my jobs are tough a lot of London locations there's I definitely shouldn't have got to Star Wars because I was based in Pinewood Studios but fortunately like this is a mad story I tell <laughs> in fact the lady still tells people that she drove someone to Pinewood uh, for a job Wait. Elite. two years okay, ago go on. So, <laughs> so there's a facebook group called crew crew rooms and this is where um a lot of crew like oh if you need relatively cheap accommodation and obviously there's landlords who understand the film industry and they know we are not in the house the whole time we're into each our sleep <laughs> that's that's literally yeah. we're, we're in and out within eight like 10 hours uh so like, my friend messaged the group put a, ma- a message out in the group saying that her me her friend Lucky is looking for accommodation and the first person to respond I when I when I called her I was like oh yeah da, 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 I don't drive at the moment um is it walking distance and then she just said oh no I can just drive you for an extra like whatever I think I paid an extra like 15 pounds a day okay um, and which it, it cost you... me 30 pounds a night for for accommodation in total and she'll take me to and from Pinewood every day that I knew that I was with her that's amazing. And then the funny thing is, though, 
so this is this is the the journey of, of so Star Wars for me is a big film not not actually in the name but just in my life to be honest yeah <laughs> so obviously first of all my first job in Pinewood Studios that's where Bond uh, 007 was made it's famous for that there's many 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 films before that of course but Bond was the one that really like this it just blew up like obviously um everyone everyone has heard of 007 um but yeah so in terms of obviously my first job there well second of all it's my first time in accommodation working for a film that I pay for myself and then I'll never forget I, I took a day out to do my driving test and then the next day when I passed they called me and go yep come in tomorrow you might as well drive in <laughs> just and like then, that they were, they were waiting for to hear that kind of news they were yeah I, and then um and then I'll never forget I was booked in November for a week and I'd take one day off um because I was graduating so it, 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 there's been a lot of life life like milestones for me personally like that's mad like just to take time off work one day you're on a film set, next day you're there, next day you're back, <laughs> next day you're yeah. It, it, it sounds like something you wouldn't, like maybe for you, but it sounds like something where a few months before, before you graduated, you'd be like, oh, I wonder what kind of job am I going to be doing after uni? And then here you are on set. Star exactly, Wars. yeah. I, I was, I, and for me, it was just the, um, I mean, for, for people to get contracts, it's always tough. But for me, it was just like, it was fun to, to see and I I would highly recommend like I, I did all these jobs I did a lot of daily work on so that's what I was, I was daily contracted so it's contracted for x amount of days could be one could be seven um and I mean I'm highly highly grateful I mean it, like I was saying before about the experience see that now I, I, I not only have a network of one film or two films I had in 2018 I had a network of most of the films shot in like the bigger films shot in London very fortunate to have that to be able to be like oh yeah like <laughs> I know the locations team for this film that film this film like five different films and being able to just like even now that when I work on films and fortunate to where I'm at like obviously the locations team I'm like who, who am I going to bump into and we actually play this game in the office with a couple of people where like um I'm not gonna say who I don't embarrass them but like Every time, like I work with different HODs, I see, I, I, I ser- if I haven't met them before, of course, I see, I search my emails to see if I've emailed them before. <laughs> That's great because you email so much. That's like, yeah. <laughs> so there's that possibility, the possibility yeah. they're down there somewhere. That's amazing. I feel like for me as a third year, you know, in like in a month and a half, probably less than that, I'm finished. Like that's it. <laughs> the the journey's done and I feel like there's a sort of that question of what will you be doing kind of weighs on your head as the time comes closer but um yeah like for you do you feel like when that question was just above your head um was it scary or like what was the emotion behind that question was it more thrilling like how did you feel I mean with everything you kind of with this question I had to answer of well what's the purpose of me doing this um and it it's something my, my dad always reminded me when I was younger like um he said he always trusted um me in terms of going into creative world because of course like like you were saying earlier with like how do you um 
people react to like you choosing creative industry obviously yeah. they just hear the hollywood stories the matter the 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 the, the side of everything negative that's happening that makes news so that's all they hear they know what's good road they know th- these things and you're like um like that and i kind of have to, I, I i have to obviously now respect that because obviously like you're saying about representation when they were growing up imagine we didn't have much imagine what they had yeah that's crazy isn't it yeah like 20 years ago 30 years ago like stuff they were all growing up with 40 years ago in my parents case so yeah it'd be like 40 plus years ago so like for me for early 70s in kenya like what what did they watch um in terms of um just their their life experiences and this coming back to obviously like how do you deal with the weight it's just like for me i knew i had to always 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 go back to the purpose of the point of me doing this is to be able to at least tell one hopefully two three (laughs) stories that someone who's been in the same shoes as me so like someone who's may might have grown up in kenya come here and now they they're able to look up and aspire to people not only in front of the screen but behind the screen and have stories that they can relate to on a like a deeper level and then obviously with that happening the people around them will will, i'm hoping obviously will have seen the the films to at least get a basic understanding of what people go through especially with a conversation starter exactly many 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 years stuff have started conversations i mean um for those that don't know i mean the thing that really inspired me is like you look back at history at filmmakers um so oscar michelle was one of them pine he's basically the godfather of black cinema in terms of in the u.s my goodness my guys he wrote books directed produced and 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 he cast um he was casting coloured actors at the time. That's what they, that's literally what what his films are famous for, and what they put on the posters at the time. Um, and he was doing this in the 1910s. Like, like, I, I mean, I could never be able to like comprehend how tough it is. And then when you when you see those examples there, it it definitely lightens the load on you of like, oh, what's going to happen next? Because you're like, but they've done it before. Of course, there's there's other um there's other directors and stuff who we can look up to now but if if you look further back and how much harder they had it i look at 1910s in the us <laughs> i couldn't even imagine because then you hear some of the stories even after that time those stories are crazy yeah and, and to for, for someone to successfully be able to make films but it, basically the easiest way to describe how how big he was i mean tyler perry basically did what he did he had his own empire he didn't rely on hollywood money he didn't rely on none of that he did it himself it's it's it's, it's still fascinating i mean I'm, there's another film that i'm i it's always on my watch list and i always will say this to anyone tressy sunders she's um she also she's the first fem- uh, african-american female director uh she made a woman's error uh, in 1922 and that film is lost and I'm really sad it's on my watch list and I mean if anyone finds it Anyone's I'm listening, definitely gonna be... <laughs> send an email to Ben <laughs> I definitely will be very very happy I mean and it's not crazy just when me, you use the word lost you know what I mean well it's, it's shot in film 
So yeah. of course, there's like for you, it's like for a lot of people now, they're like, oh yeah, but it's one of the cloud. There's a lot of lot of films that are lost. Yeah, because they're shot on film, the sound recorded separately as well. So that you may have the the, the video files, <laughs> but this is this is the time before sound. 1922. Yeah. I mean, the late 20s is really when sound started to be a thing. Come, so yeah, her film was silent, I would assume, and of course. Her, accompanying music but yeah so answering the question yes yeah. so I, I look at the history of where people come from I mean you look at that history and then you kind of look at your purpose like you, you it's, it's, it's a tough journey because I mean for people everyone when you discover your purpose everyone discovers it at a different time and that's why especially in the arts industry like it tends to be later in the late 20s yeah. early 30s like that's that's normal and I, I, I that's why um I, I always, always, always love seeing people of different ages. So you have like, and even those who didn't go to uni, like you don't have to go to uni to work in film, specifically for TV. <laughs> no, you don't have to. The thing with, it, it just depends how you use your time. Like, yes, there's many, many people I can tell you now who are very successful, didn't go to uni, and they're making big stuff now. Exactly. But then there's within also the, within the series, um, there's a few quite a few that didn't go uni and they're in places which is like wow that's amazing I feel like even with me when I say what I was studying or what I am studying um it's just like why would you go uni for that and and everyone's different but for me it was the ability to gain more knowledge like I felt like I needed to build that particular area and have an understanding and I feel like if I wasn't going uni maybe I know myself I don't think I'd have I would have had the drive to understand different areas and understand what it was like in the 1920s and you know what I'm saying in the 50s and whatnot and till now I would I probably wouldn't have done as much research as I did at uni so I feel like you have to if you know like just um a particular industry what you want to do just have to know yourself and like no if I go uni what would the outcome be if I don't go uni what would the outcome be like just don't do it for anyone else just do it for self and I feel like a lot of people need to take that in you know what I mean exactly I mean the one thing I always say to people is like um I mean in terms of going back to obviously the overarching theme of this is um representation I mean people now actively looking at ways of diversifying of course yeah. it's it's not for us to say and to answer for any crimes we're we're the victims in, in this sense and i mean I, my job is just to make sure i am i've gained the experience to be able to tell stories from from perspectives that i'd be able to understand and authentic to me and to the people around me i mean that's that's all i can do i mean work hard and then when when the time comes it will come i promise that's why i mean with with anyone in the creative field yes it's tough to get in of course it is it's tough for everyone um so that's why i'd always always recommend like yeah first of all figure out well what 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 are you coming are you, what are you coming in to do yeah of course there's gonna be people who want to make loads of money there's, there's always gonna be that and there's always gonna be the the balance the people who want to just tell a specific story but yes if you wanted to do that well figure out well what are you actually bringing authentically to the table like i i get really really bothered with a couple of things the first one is bane oh my goodness that word <laughs> i feel like every black person gets tired of that word 
and I think it, it, it's it's for me because it was it was a phrase coined what in the early it must be eight I think it's eighties or nineties. Is it? I feel a, like I didn't really. Well, maybe as you get older, you start to understand things differently. But I feel like it wasn't until I was like in my late teens when I started to hear a bit more. Well, as politicians start using them, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And I think it's just it's it's the easier way of just saying oh. Um, and for me, BAME, it's, it's just a mad sentence. It's not a mad sentence, mad word, because, again, it's just grouping everyone together. Like, we're, like even grouping the Asian community, well, what, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's not the same. What, what do you mean? <laughs> like, huh? A, a, Asian in terms of where? What part of Asia? There's, that's a, literally a whole continent. And saying same with black people. Well, black people around the world. <laughs> like literally everywhere. And I don't understand how in, in China for them how they see it as it's easier to, you know, get their point across because everyone's had their different histories, what they're currently going through, what they're even currently going through, and every everybody's uh everyone's different. So to think that you can group all these different things into one for like get a small word and just think that's just it is I think it's very absurd and I'm hoping like the usage of that word can lessen (laughs) but we can only hope isn't it yeah gosh yeah this is where I mean everyone needs to start what we want to tell the stories we need to hustle hard man (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's even what my dissertation was about um the main themes was perception um and representation and I feel like obviously when you do your dissertation you're doing so much research and then these are things you're passionate about before but once the time you're finished it's just like yeah you're so driven to make such a point with it and I feel like that's why I wanted to do this series as well is to just hear how representation can affect people in different ways not even just in the negative aspect but in positive ways and like the highs and the lows because it's literally everywhere, every day you see it as a black person as well. As soon as you're outside, it's there. Like you represent something, you represent someone as well, as well as yourself, which is uh, just it, crazy. It, it is always crazy to think about. Like I, I have many, many mentors, and that's that's definitely one thing I'd always recommend to people is see, not just to have one person that helps you in terms of industry, but to to look at the, there's people like around in terms of the same level as me in that sense or even some other people may perceive people slightly below me but in terms of storytelling they're my mentors I, I bounce ideas off them all the time um, and I, I make sure obviously in terms of stories that I have I make sure to have a balanced field for people so like people from as many different cultures as I can obviously without the story going all the way out but like I have yeah. maybe a key like set of like less than 10 people that I kind of just if I'm coming out of a film concept, um, I'm making sure like, yes, okay, let me write down. Let me make sure I've got a draft that makes sense and then hand over to them, see what they think, if they've got any feedback. And there's there's many and many things. I mean, there's, there's certain stories where I'm seeing that to people and they're like, okay, make sure you have consultants for this, that and the other, which is good. Cause I was like, right, like I thought to have a consultant, but I didn't think to have the level of detail that they saw. So it's just, yeah. That 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 thinking of, of things. I mean, it's it's always fascinating. I mean, I, I look forward to seeing what um, what um, other filmmakers do. I mean, 
that's one one thing I really respect about the Caribbean community. I mean, if you look at Small Axe, th- those stories, my mm. goodness. If 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 anyone else tried to, in terms of add add in like a form of a, a different culture, just to add it in for the sake of it, just for diversity, then it wouldn't have worked. And that's where I feel like the, the space for everyone. Like there's so many stories. Like <laughs> you can't tell me that one story isn't going to sell, because if you look at the stories that are coming up now on Netflix and Amazon and all these other platforms and even the ones that will be coming in cinema later, my goodness, they're only going to make more and more money. Yeah. What kind of stories would you want to be able to tell? I mean, yeah, specifically, um, I would love to be able to tell stories that um, are accessible to kids. So maybe they might not be the, the, the typical children's film in that sense, quote unquote, but there'll be stories about um, that involve children in third culture experiences that's all i want to say i don't say too much in terms of that yeah part. no that, that's, that's, that's to give you a general idea of where i'm going yeah because i guess for you as well as your experiences it it will allow others experiences to be able to be told in a way that others can leave watching what you've made thinking okay wow i can actually change and adapt in a way that can be beneficial for other people and probably I wasn't like that before maybe I was a bit you know I mean just narrow-minded but now I can be able to explore and understand other cultures yeah I I mean if you look at the impact that like the Noel Clark film back in the day Kid Up Hood had just on the the immense obviously for some people it was a little bit of what they went through and of course there's a cinematic element to things but just the immense, like the amount of Londoners are just proud of that film. They're like, yes, something that, mm-hmm. I, that I kind of understand the school elements of that. Da, 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 like just the way they talk, did it all this. It, it, it obviously gave, it started conversations with people. And I mean, the one thing I'm always, always fascinated is like the, the, how sci-fi does, does this so well in terms of bringing in new ideas and people like, oh my gosh, like if, if you look at something like Star Wars and Star Trek and all this and all the different races and how people like so loyal to be able to know how different things are. But then obviously when you come back to real life and I'm not saying it's those fans in particular, but like it just if I generalise yeah. the world in that sense, people want to generalise groups in terms of like, oh, look at the African continent. I'm just like, oh my gosh! But you, but you can see like the di- they're able to dissect the di- a, a, f- a fictional world and understand it, and then when it's like real life, it's just like um, it's not really get. I was just like, it's crazy. I, I think when you put it like that, it's actually crazy because there are it, so much people like that. It's and I, and I mean it's it's something that I guess it, it comes on. This ha- this shows you the the impact media has on people, not just film. Particularly, like, oh my gosh, the, the media has such a big impact, and it's a, it's a big responsibility. That I mean, for for me, I'm making sure that we we're pushing hard to make sure that this is going to be definitely some stories that no one's ever seen before. Yeah, and I mean, every filmmaker is going to say this, <laughs> <laughs> but like in terms of stories, I me in particular, the ones I'll be pitching very soon. Yeah, like the feedback I've been getting off some of the films I've 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 written one pages 
So for those who don't know what a one pager is, so for people wanting to go into producing and screenwriting, it's the most griffin, it's the most the crucial, crucial, crucial <laughs> thing you'll do before you write a script. Don't think about writing the scripts yet until you do this. And I and it's just my way of working. I mean, some people love to write one page of script and then do the one pager, but mm-hmm. one pager for me is it's a document. It literally has a title, a logline, which is the hardest thing you'll ever have to do. You have to summarize the whole thing the in, in less than two sentences without ruining Crazy. the film. <laughs> Small task. And then, yes, yeah, so I, I do that, a logline and a short synopsis. And then one thing I've added on now, and it makes it more of a two-pager than a one-pager. So I, I write the... I either write a short synopsis or the story beats. So for those who don't know, there's the certain in terms of filmmaking, there's 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 a, there's a four not four uh, a guideline, not 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 specifically like this is the one way to write a script, but there's one way I use of like so you have an uh, an opening image and a closing image. Like you just write mm-hmm. a sentence as to what happens here, what happens there, what how the the film progresses, and that's the easiest way to describe to someone that I don't want to ruin it but like for those yeah. that are keen the one book i read was save the cats uh oh my days the what was the thing the panel that you sent me the link to that i went to last week um with all the producers yeah. and stuff that book kept coming up all the time i was like okay i definitely need to look into this book yeah i mean it's an audio book i mean um and there's resources resources online so like there's a yeah. there's a website i i go on let me see if i can get up now so i can and it's it's quite useful it's a beat sheet calculator um and just based off to give me a like how many pages on a write so if i want to write 10 pages you're able to do that and then it it gives you a rough calculation on when you need to hit uh, so what page you need to hit hit like the midpoint would be obviously five pages for 10 page script and then like the setup really you should you should have your opening image and set up and have the catalyst on the first page and that's so that it, helps you structure uh, yeah i mean it's it, it's not the the 100 this is the only way to work but for me yeah. it just helps me with how i work because it's like oh like this is how other people do it let's well, you let's could just use it as it. like a as a startup and then you can develop your own exactly way of doing it and yeah, i mean it. yeah the, the the beat sheets calculator and it's um and it's it's definitely one of those the, the websites by Blake Snyder and um he wrote the book and I mean some people don't agree with the way he he works which is fair enough but I mean but that's that's like with anything isn't it that's with anything in life yeah like the way that when I was at uni actually um I think it was sometime last year or two years now um we our lecturer was talking about TV shows so he actually generally wanted a new tv series to start but he had we, we had to tell him in a way like a one pager so we literally had to sell him this whichever series we were recommending at the time in like one like line kind of thing i was just like this is crazy because this is what we have to do but it was just so hard because how do you this whole series but i guess this is what it is in the industry and um at the time which everyone probably knows if I talk about all the time is Mindhunters like that's one of my fave series um when it comes to like crime and stuff and the way that I just said it to him I just like um in this the series is basic essentially it's oh what's going on my laptop <laughs> yeah he's just like 
I'm just like um, the guys that are the like the main characters came up. They're based on people. The person who came up with the term serial killers, and then I just left it as that. And I said, if you want to watch it, you can watch it. Oh, really? <laughs> and I, I, then now I'm about to watch it. <laughs> and then Great. he was just like, "No, that was that's exactly how you should do it. Essentially, when you're like creating your own movie or series." Just find Definitely. that one thing that could that everyone's familiar with and just leave it as that. And I was just like, okay, cool. And then since then, I just, anytime I have an idea, I always try to think, what would that one line be? So I didn't realise how important it is. He was like, if they don't like it, then they will just scrap your work and they will go on to find someone else. He's like, it's a very hard industry. And I guess the other additional thing that I do, and it is very specific to me, a lot of people don't mm. like doing it. I love to see to write a brief description of who I see watching this, what they do, the job of occupation. Um, so, like with one of the films I'm currently developing, the person I see that for is a um, twenty-eight-year-old um, young, like working individual, based in London has is sharing accommodation and um has the flexibility and time like does a nine to five so he has flexibility and time to watch and is interested in watching newer stuff so that's 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 how i visualize like i i can i see the person who's watching that's very that's very like details (laughs) and it's 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 it's, um it's it's probably the the more business side of it because then when you describe but because obviously like some people don't see the market so if you describe like who you see watching it then they're like oh yeah like i could see that working like it may not be someone in london but there's definitely other working young working um people who obviously base in cities around the world so now they, yeah. they they're able it helps with grasping sell your story even more because it's like yes now you got this one page and it's definitely one thing i, <laughs> I would highly recommend this one page because especially if you're asked to picture film like you're able to picture very quickly and then if they ask you for if they haven't got time to feed to picture there and then say if it's like a 30 second conversation and they're like oh they like the title of your film if you send them a one pager my goodness you'll be forever loved because it's like you're not sending a whole script you're just sending this one document it takes them five less than three minutes to understand this concept of your film yeah and then the conversation can go from there but you're dropping so much gems like I'm just taking note of it all <laughs> honestly um I'm very grateful for that and like this whole conversation to be honest like um yeah it just went into how you started but I think it's very helpful for like people like me that are probably listening as well who are about to immerse themselves into this said industry and like, how to navigate it to be honest I mean the one thing I mean the practicalities of it is um one thing I was definitely told is we're very like in terms of me I've, I've been very lucky very lucky in terms of jobs just because well I'm talking five six years ago taking six months from film production was normal like six month break so that's how I mentally find mentally and financially plan myself and that's one thing if you wanted to come into this, it's definitely something I'd recommend you doing. Like you just plan, like you're going to have three months off work. So you kind of, obviously 
the hustling begins of like, okay, I need to get my jobs. Then say you get a contract. Okay, now you, you have the stability of a, a fixed income for X amount of time. So you save as much as you can. Uh, and then whilst you're obviously hustling, you get hopefully you get another job and then the, the contracts keep rolling. And obviously that savings builds up. And that's definitely something I'd, I'd recommend to people if you can do. Of course, like it's tough, I understand, especially with those who live in London. And for those that don't live in London, I mean, if you live in Manchester, like TV is really, really popping up there. So highly, highly yeah. recommend. Like, yeah, I mean, the TV world up there is doing well. There's films going on up there as well. But I mean, TV is doing well. Like, I mean, don't be afraid to start off there. And then, I mean, it's tough. The, the circles are very different. I will not not front on that because I mean, TV and film very different. Uh, That's why why another thing where I get really weirded out by like people do on Clubhouse and they do film and TV rooms. I, I go in and I'm just like, but literally everyone is doing TV stuff. Why don't you just say how to get into TV? Yeah, there's no need to bunch in film and stuff because if you haven't got people working in film, because <laughs> the one thing um, that a lot of people don't realize, I mean, you have. It's gonna to be tough hours. The hours gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be a lot of long days, and I mean, that's why I always like. No matter what film comes out, I always respect it because you have to respect the people whose names on the credits and the ones that may not appear in the credits, but they've they've added themselves on to IMDb. To give an example of how crazy it is, so like something like Spider Man would have probably affected ugh, a thousand people, over a thousand people, easily. A thousand different oh, people easy. would have been easy. It's just to give you the, just give you the scale of how how yeah. much goes into making that one film. Of course, director and producers that like the director is very focused on the story. Da, da, da. Everyone has their one job. Like there's many, there's caterers, there's location, there's sound. And then there's also like with the set decoration team, there's the art team. And within those teams, there's of course, there's, there's suppliers. And the suppliers have employees. The suppliers that have suppliers. It, 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 it's such a big thing to, to make one but, film. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. I mean, th- there's ways of getting in. I mean, like now, there's hopefully not for well. I hope the jobs that are with COVID repurposed somehow, in terms of either like um, just uh, reinforcing, obviously making sure. The sets are cleaner than ever before. Yeah. And now there's a COVID team. There's COVID marshals. There's 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 new there's the, the industry adapts, and it's done and it has done. I mean, in, it's quite funny actually. Um, a director uh, from my last film he posted on Twitter um, a picture of uh, a film crew from 1919 wearing face masks. I'll show you now. But yeah, in terms of. <laughs> They were so here. They were it, here before we it, were here. It, it, it's been happening. People, these guys, like the, the we've the industry, and not it's not just me. I mean, the the industry has been able to adapt, and that's why when you're trying to come in, understand the system. But obviously, like I said before, with uni, you think about you, your family, and your community around. Yeah. And your friends, your network, in that sense, like when you're voting. Obviously, now that you're joining the film circle. The film is your family, in that sense. You spend so much time with people in the film. <laughs> It'll be very difficult to work if you, if you don't like everyone. Like you, ha- yeah. you have to get on. I mean, 
in terms of the team I work with now and have been on and every other film works on it's very, when I mean I, I, my story is very insane even to me like I mean the first job I got on as a production PA so it's office-based um, production assistant for those who don't know uh and like the production team for those who really don't know they're the heartbeat of the film like <laughs> the logistics everything that and someone's like oh we need to go here the production team are the ones organizing everything making sure everyone's okay in terms of all grand tickets organizing this and there's a pa like me who organize many many things and that's another that's for a whole another time i mean i i hope in the series you've got a production pa or someone who's done assisting roles to really really go in depth because even within that <laughs> there's so many nuances like i mean i did that for two years and um the one thing that i'd say is i mean the the, the typical stereotypical thing is you really have to get, be good at making teas and coffees. That's one thing you really get really, really good I, at. This is advice I've been hearing for like the last four years. <laughs> you have yeah, to you really be good. Will. Well, you see, I mean, if you, do, if, if you don't start off by not making any good ones, you'll get taught once and then you have to pick it up from there. Like it's the way yeah. you have to self-develop in that sense. Like, yes, because it's, it's the little things. Like I said, like we said before, if you're able to manage people's lunch, lunches tea and just and just help being a general help and being able to show yourself and your work ethic at that level you'd be trusted to go up yeah it's very memorable at those stages exactly and oh i promise to show you yeah they they really have oh wow that's it literally looks like now (laughs) (laughs) yeah for for those that yeah for for those that uh, i'd recommend going to colin trevorrow he posted on on twitter um, but yeah, it, it, it's um, history <laughs> definitely repeats itself. It's still, yeah, it's 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 very funny how we repeat ourselves. And I mean, uh, for those that yeah, I mean, if you're going to be going assisting route, just just being being able to think about that. Like, I mean, driving is another another big 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 one. I mean, I'm gonna start. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand it's tough because I mean, especially for a lot of people. They've come from where I've come from. It's tough, man. Like, yeah, I mean, I didn't start driving until I was what twenty-four. To give yeah, to give people a general idea, like Emma does it before twenty-four. Well done, man. That's what to say. Well done, because um, it, it's a feat in itself. Like, it's not easy. The amount, of te- the, the amount of money it costs for the test, the car. Then now we're thinking the insurance. Jeez, yeah, that's like, a lot especially money. if you're in like but, a seat like London as well. Whew. Exactly. So. And I, I mean, speak, I was going to speak for myself. I mean, it's tough, man. I mean, for, I mean, your parents are doing everything they can, but like, yeah, I mean, they've not had it easy um, in terms of their generation. Like my my parents' generation, they've not had it easy in that sense to, when you're coming, especially I'm the first generation, I guess, hit, who've moved over as a kid. So yeah. for a lot of people who've had the generations before, I, I see that as a, a leg up, you've got the, yeah people like above I, you I, I who've been through it. yeah because like my mom she moved here and then um i'm the first one really here as well um like most of my siblings or well, some of us are born here and some are born in jamaica so it's yeah i have i understand exactly what you're saying but even yeah. that like her journey as well something i definitely want to highlight um and i'm doing something which will be able to showcase 
her like journey as well um hopefully that'll be <laughs> happening very soon but like even with what you were saying about like the early roles and the memorable aspect i definitely can vouch for like stuff like that like the most little things you can do when you're on set someone's always watching because yes. i met a producer um on one like i was um i was shadowing help i was just yeah a helping hand basically and then i got a call like after a few months randomly didn't even know the number and he's like um yeah this is a producer from so and so are you free tomorrow uh kind of need an extra run on then that was it and it's just like you would never think like the little things you were doing and whatnot is some like someone would actually take a note of who you are and how you're maneuvering yourself so i definitely agree like just be enthusiastic no matter the role even if it is making tea and coffee right like when I tell you some one of the funniest videos I'll ever show, I'll ever have on Instagram. No, no, it's not up on Instagram, but like it was posted on Instagram stories. I have a video. It is me on it was Wonder Woman. We're doing night shoots. And um I was on the, I was on the back of a truck and there's this bin bag f- heavy, when I mean heavy, full of food. Um that was that was um ha- had to go in the bin, afraid. Um and I was trying to I was trying to throw it from the truck to the bin because I mean we got the truck as close as we can to the bin, the skip. Yeah. Sorry, but like I, I <laughs> when I mean I threw it and it barely made it. I was like, thank goodness because it it landed at the edge of the skip and it it was it like was one way or my, my my eyes are like oh no the bag split so I'm gonna have to get a shovel like oh my gosh but luckily it went in <laughs> <laughs> the momentum took it in. Yeah, well, that's the uh, that's the jobs. That's the start of. Yeah, oh, and yeah, those, those memories I'll never. I, I, what I mean, I'll never, 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 never forget those. That that was funny, and then, and to to highlight like um, in terms of diversity, I mean it's it's getting much better now from what I've seen in terms of people pushing. Like I I know I know of many many conversations happening behind the scenes uh, that I'll know I'll obviously never be able to disclose, but yeah, they, they, it's encouraging to hear that. Like at the forefront of the conversation. Oh yeah, let's let's make the diversity thing is top of people's list. I mean, yeah. In terms of HOD roles, I mean, unfortunately, because obviously the industry back at the time, it was tough enough to get in. So people who normally would have gotten as a trainee like twenty years ago, and work up and work up to be a HOD, some people didn't. They it, for some whatever reason, because of life circumstances chose to do another job it's kind of happening now in that sense so we are further in in that journey like we we're still in for for me and a lot of people around me yeah we're still like hopefully in 20 years we'll still be going and we'll you'll see in our lifetime just how different film will yeah be. the difference that's my aim it, it, it'll be and i really hope to do this within so my parents can see it because i think that'll be for me, I'm on a selfish level. That would be such a, yeah, just to show my parents. Because, I mean, I'll never forget on the, the one point where I think my parents, like, were, like, raw. Like, they, they understood the great, the, the how, how much this helps, not just the film people, but just even the society, like, in terms of yeah. the, the economy, just, um, and just, just how much it impacts. Because for me, it's not, not only having a platform here, but for me, I also want to um, 
work in Kenya. It's really, really like, it's like when I mean it's a big priority, I'm trying to, I'm hoping to be able to split my time six months here, six months there. That's literally mm, that's how it. big it is for me. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, I have my gripes and stuff about what's happening in Kenya because I really feel for the filmmakers. And, like, I mean, the president is really an advocate for young people. But then when the film classification board is charging people to take pictures to make films and there's daily fees i've got the fees like when i mean within arms reach they're right there always at arms reach um like they they want us to charge people and and it's one thing where like surely you should give people creative freedom who are not like if you're not interrupting like like it's a similar law here in terms in kenya like i mean you can take pictures in public and Mm -hmm. there's no expectation of privacy when you're in a public space like if it's owned by the public of course how can you expect privacy um yeah but um the one thing i really do feel for is like people getting charged people who want to do it legitimately which i understand everyone like there's so many there's there's many 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 of people yeah like, that want to just like test out their skills kind of thing develop yeah, and it, it a bit better. and it's, it's similar here like obviously here if you set up a tripod and it's more than x amount of people and you're blocking then then you have to go to get permits and stuff but for people who like working on YouTube videos and stuff like that, just those things that for some people, they don't see it as like, wow, like that's really, like for me, YouTubers, my goodness, very smart um, in terms of some filmmakers, I really consider them and storytellers. And I mean, oh, presenters, like I'm not going, I hate being in front of the camera. It's rare that you'll see me wanting to go in front of the camera. Yeah. I really will have, like when I mean someone has to pull, pull my leg or something to get me to go in front of the camera, but um i really I'm, I'm not a fan of it but like i really respect and that's why like i'm really my aim is for obviously to raise a li- little bit more awareness with the diaspora um in terms of the kenyan diaspora to be very specific to me is so that we can apply a bit of pressure from outside because of course yeah. there's pressure within kenya but then what really adds a more pressure is when people outside Absolutely, are looking yeah. you like looking in. Like, yeah <laughs> like yes the, the the certain people might ignore like when it's other nationalities are like oh you but you're not Kenyan but then for people who are Kenyan who are living outside and you put pressure back in your own country there's there's something deeper that because it's like raw like they, you guys are still paying what we're doing yeah exactly exactly yeah. paying attention but yeah um I mean yeah so that that's the journey I want to go through I mean we also want to tell diaspora stories but I want to make sure to be able to I mean just just like millions of others man I was born in Ken- in, in, Ken- in Nairobi so can't, I will never, never forget that. Yeah, well, that's amazing. You kind of answered one of like the last few questions I had. Um, but like even what you were saying with like diversity, that's one of the main reasons why I chose to use this format of like talking to different black creatives in different fields in this under the same umbrella of the creative industry, film industry. But like for me as a student and being able to, not just watch TV, but be able to see how it works. I see diversity, but obviously it's not to the extent that we probably would want it to be, but it's there. But I feel like some people who, well, I was talking to one of my sisters and she was just like, she doesn't really see it as diverse as it actually is. And that's probably, that's her on-screen perception, not the behind the scenes. So I'm just like hoping with your, not just your story, but others um, being able to tell theirs, they'll be able to see that there is diversity there and it is starting to grow. As I said in the beginning, it is slowly, but (laughs) 
at least it's starting you know what I mean I mean any any progress is better than no progress so for me I mean um obviously there's been articles where I'm watching obviously in terms of tv and a couple of other things um there's been because of covid for some reason it's caused a regression in some of the diversity on screen and it's really sad to see that because it's like wow like there's progress making happening in certain aspects and then I I'm hearing stories of course um, of things from other producers that I know who work in tv and it's always sad to hear those ones but then I always remind them like yeah you guys like you really are like uh, you gotta push hard man like as soon as in 40 years I promise you it'll be different like it, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even kidding it'll be very different um a lot of what's happening now will you'll 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 see how like there'll be many more many more opportunities for people to who want to work in film to be able to get in um and I, I I'm, I'm making that my number one priority like I mean I have a friend in LA now who I met through Clubhouse there you go um, she has. You, a, I think you're convincing me to join Clubhouse at the end of this. She has a, she has a di- directory. She she's re- literally just started a di- directory in Ghana for film, um, crew. So like, mm-hmm. for me that's big because like she's she's produced the first um, film noir that's been made in in Africa, and that was made in 2008, uh, 1819. So yeah, just to give you an idea how mad like I, things are happening. Like, yeah. ignore all the noise in the media. That's why I always tell people, like, the media, let, let them do what Yeah, you do. just have to filter out the nonsense and actually and I, seek what's actually happening and what's making a change, which obviously I, sometimes can be a bit hard with algorithm and stuff, but eventually you will see the positives. I mean, you kind of just, for those, yeah, especially for working in film, like, you work, you work so hard and then obviously people say this about you. And that's where I'm really, obviously, I, I love seeing new reporters. Like, there's, I've got a few friends, a few people I've met through Clubhouse who um, they're working their way up through different big organisations, which I'll never say. Um, but they're, they're doing, like, journalism, all this. And I'm really, obviously, encouraged to see it because it's like, right, like, you guys are there. You, you're seeing, you, you understand at least what I'm going through. And when you're writing, at least, I, I know it comes from a place where, it, even if it's been critical, at least, like you're you're not being malice about it. It's been like, oh, okay, fair enough. I've done something. Fair enough. Like people yeah. and people in other communities can do that, but unfortunately, with the way with a lot of things have happened in the past with the media, and I mean, if you look at the vaccine rollout and how certain communities are very anti anti vaccine, yeah. and or not even very anti vaccine. Some are very anti vaccine. Others are just hesitant. And I really don't blame them. I mean, if you, oh my gosh. Not. If, if, if you look at how, when they've grown up and what they've been, what stories they've been hearing about, like what governments have been doing and the history that I, I have to fully understand with that. And I'm, but, but the thing oh, is, obviously, can't hear. can you hear me? Huh? <laughs> Hello? Sorry, give me a second. Technical, technical. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. This is this is crazy. Just give me two seconds. Right in the middle. If you speak now, I should be able to hear you. Test, test, test. (laughs) 
This hello, is hello. crazy. What's happened? Should we stop the recording and start again? Hey, you know. But there's, hello? A, there's a video playing. What? Oh, should, should we stop the recording and then start? And yeah, then we'll let me pause the recording. Let's jump. All good. You went All right, we'll, we'll go back to what was I talking about? The. You were vaccines. talking about, yeah, the vaccine and like history. Okay, I'll start to where I said so many people are very anti anti vaccine. Yeah. So, like I was saying before, many uh, communities might be anti vaccine and some are very, very hesitant, which I, I, I only have to understand because obviously, if you look at in America, what the test that was done on, with syphilis and stuff like that, like, the, the crazy stories and then you, you're hearing like even recently like i think it's last year there's a doctor from france who was in real hot water because he said you should test the we should test the covid 19 vaccines in in africa yeah and i was like this. i will never forget i was just like oh my gosh like <laughs> how's that how do you, it's just for me it's just how do you still think like this yes i i mean i understand i i understand the sense of you want to test it in that diverse populace but if you if you just frame it like oh we want to test in this one continent <laughs> and then we will we'll wait to see what happens it, it it definitely is not helping the cause of um getting people to be on board of that yeah i agree uh, i don't know man represent when it comes to like perception and how how people take in different cultures especially different black cultures whether that's african or caribbean or other countries it's just like there's still so much progress to be done but I guess that's where people like you and others come in and be able to tell the stories and get people to change the way they've been trained to think by the media you know what I mean and and for me it's this why I'm very specific to kids because it's not changing what people think it's 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 showing the reality yeah um because it's like some people like i don't know maybe for me like the older i get i'm getting the more i'm obviously getting set in stone in terms of what i'm thinking um but like that's why i'm really keen on kids because it's like i have to make sure at least we showcase like this uh early warning guys <laughs> yeah in, in in a in a way that's accessible to, to in a in a way that's accessible and friendly and just to not make people hate other people. It's not about stories I'm making to be like, oh, look what happened to us. We now hate you. It's your fault. We're in this predicament. Like, it's not my job to tell people um, why I'm suffering from racism. It's not my job. I do. <laughs> yeah. If I was moaning about what's, what's happened to me personally, nah, I'll not be, even be here. So the main thing is obviously just to focus away from that yes it's really i'm really encouraged just to obviously a lot of people that are starting to obviously understand the struggles that we go through in terms of as a black community but i mean in terms of the things i i'm pushing for is just well let's develop 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 work on our, ourselves first let's get let's learn 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 like i'm, yeah. I'm very fortunate that 
I guess I kind of see myself now. I mean, my job role is to learn whilst I'm earning. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's very fortunate. Yeah. I mean, you go from uni where you're paying to learn to now everything I've been taught. It's not that, not that it's not been helpful, but like it's been a good grounding to be like, okay, this is a basic understanding. But like you've leveled away from that. Yeah. Now let me see the the actual, like, this is what's actually happening with real money now. This is what I say to a lot of people, like, education does not stop when you leave these institutes. It's continuous. And the access that we have to Google, YouTube, whatever it may be, just use it. Get a book, get an e-book, audio book, (laughs) something, and just keep learning and understanding because it doesn't stop because you went to school. Exactly. I mean, met them. I mean, I'm very fortunate. I mean, I I drive a lot to work. Yeah, because it's like an hour to work, so... That's an hour for my audiobook podcast. So that's two hours a day. Yeah. It's just finding ways to fit that in. Um, that doesn't make you like feel weird. I mean, there's there's many and many books. I've I've read two of Obama's book, one of Michelle's Obama's books, and then there's been other books obviously about storytelling and um cast by Isabel Wilkinson. Oh my goodness, that blew my mind. I didn't realize how much a caste system that we've grown up in really influences every little thing we do and just yeah. seeing how countries learn from other countries and how people that have been really villainized really and who have who are rightly so to be villainized um in that sense like um i mean if you look at something as deep as like um certain tactics they use in war they learn from one country, another country uses them, another country uses them, and then they, the last country gets villainized the most. It's just when you think of it in that way, and you, and you look at, um, even within races, like how, in, it, this is very specific to the US, about how their caste system really works in terms of, obviously, people's society putting certain races at the top, and then, uh, like, having an actual, like, <laughs> list of, the hierarchy yeah I'm and say. yeah looking at specific looking specifically i mean one thing I, i've been doing a lot of research into very very early kenya so like in the even in the 19 1900s in kenya i mean even before that and even moving forward like in terms of hierarchy in kenya is always a Euro- white european indian then kenyan that literally was the hierarchy at the time like that's how society treated people and it's been ingrained for many generations in that sense. And, and it's really like, sad to see that. And it's like now is the start of breaking such a super long cycle, which is why exactly. I'm saying when, which, which is why when I talk to some people sometimes, it's just like, I know for us, we want to see these changes and we want to see them now, but it's just like, you have to look back on the history. Like it's so extensive in the length that we have to honestly be somewhat grateful for the little changes that are being made now. <laughs> like it may not be big but it's like we're slowly changing a course which has been going on hundreds and hundreds of years yeah it, it hit me five years ago um that um a lot of the work i'll be doing now i probably will never see the results of yeah. i hope to see them but i mean like you were saying it's, it's stuff's been going on for so long that it's going to take a little bit more it'll take generations to do it but then I, I'm just I'm willing to be in terms of in my 
for me specifically. I, I look up to obviously to my my parents or mom and dad and then they, their parents, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. in terms of the, in the male side of my family, everyone has been very fortunate that people have done a lot of stuff. But my my granddad um, on my dad's side, he's very keen on youth in terms of agriculture. He really pushed that. Um, he's really, really keen on making sure in Kenya that he, I mean, I'll never forget, he's told me stories when he used to come here to, to learn the farming techniques and go back. That's crazy. <laughs> to, to show it to the kids straight away. That's his first thing. He'd always make sure in terms of youth, like, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of that. And just just seeing examples like that, I've been very fortunate. I mean, even my, my dad, like, mad, like, just to even have trust and the trust in being like, yeah, he, like, he trusted that I'll, uh, he, he, he told me recently, he trusted the reason, like, going back to what I was saying about the film, the clubhouse room I was in when they're asking everyone like what was your parents biggest fear and my my dad literally just went I didn't have any fear because I knew you wouldn't go wayward and I was like raw like when someone says that to you like have everything you do and what people say about you this that, and the other and every, like all that goes away and you're like you just stop there and you're like raw it's you just have to soak that in you're like it's like yeah I just, I just trusted the way I brought you up and to to be be very very truthful in that sense and I was like rah he 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 finished a ball of confidence like he put the cherry on top of that because obviously a lot, some parents do have like confidence in their children but to have that much where he's very certain in how he brought you up and very certain that you will continue being who you are and whatever you do it's just that's amazing I know man I, I can ask some more I mean, it, it, it is very emotional all the time. I mean, yeah, my parents work hard and they give me a chance. I mean, they, they, they push themselves, which obviously means I push myself. Yeah. Um, if you see what that means. I mean, for those that might not have that role model in that sense, I mean, there's many, many role models of people around that you can, they can look at. Like nowadays, yeah, I mean, in terms of diversity, don't look just in front of the screen. There's many, many people you never heard of who are behind the screen who've done some madness that are behind the scenes and you just have to do a little bit of digging, but they're there. There's going to be yeah. at least one or two. Th- like there's going to be multiple, multiple examples of people who they've had the struggles they've been through. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. I feel like um, um, a series that I watched on Netflix kind of highlighted that as well. Like the whole behind the scenes bit and also the cast as well um, called Hollywood. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's set it, oh, I could even tell you, sometime in the 20th century. Um, and it's just talking about, oh, no, I want to actually get the actual year that kind of talks about, but it has um, a mixture of, they focus on different storylines on women getting into Hollywood, men, black men, um, gay men, gay black men. And it's just like, it helps you understand like, these stories are probably based on actual people and it's just like they it shows you that on screen you're obviously watching probably a fictional storyline and that may of that has an effect on you but when you actually do the research people on behind the scenes and how the they faced different trials and tribulations and they were able to push through with it i think it helps you appreciate what you took in like the film or the tv show that you took in a bit more 
and appreciating it in a different light, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Because I, I feel like when I watch things and then I end up, because I'm the kind of person I go on Wikipedia <laughs> after I watch something and I do intensive research, I'm just like, okay, like the love for the film or I appreciate it a bit more, even if I didn't like the storyline, the cinematography or the development process and stuff like that. Okay, yeah, I just found out it's it was set in um, Hollywood in post-war, World War Two, if that paints a picture. Oh, okay. At least it's after basically the big film censorship shenanigans was happening in the US. Yeah, but there's there's different there's different storylines that you can tell is based on real life, especially during that time, um, in Hollywood that they do touch upon, which is why I definitely do recommend it. Like it allows you to have a bit more insight on how this whole industry was and like how different it is now, in some aspects. I mean, they'll probably. I guess they'll probably still do nine to fives. <laughs> so actually, were <laughs> it had to yeah, make money some way. Well, not not even like outside of it. Like at the actual filming hours, it used to be eight hour days. Very early cinema. Yeah. And if you knew that, it used to be like because there's a lot of studio work, of course. So <laughs> clock in, yeah, clock out. Technology as well. This is not really there. Yeah. But like, yeah, stuff like that is. I don't know. I feel like when you do a bit more research on something, you're able to appreciate a bit more. And that's kind of what I talk about in my dissertation as well. Like how you were talking earlier, you was talking about um, like you kind of spoke about what you see on TV and there's a theory that kind of goes along with it. Um, what you like, no matter how much times you watch it, it will then like make you like go into the real world and take that in and you will portray what you watched into yourself without knowing it basically like subconsciously because on tv you're watching the same things again and again if you're watching a series you're taking in their perception and you're making it your own and I feel like when you were talking about how your your aim is to highlight children a bit more than adults because as you get older you get set in your way kind of thing I think that's I feel like that's the approach a lot of people should have been taking is being able to show younger kids their way because if they're taking it in more, like a lot of kids now, especially have iPads and whatnot, if this is what they're going to be taking in, you might as well make it something worthwhile. Exactly. And for those that don't know, obviously there's this last estimate I've seen of the African diaspora specifically around the world is 200 million. And I mean, from a recent interview I was, doing, I was doing with a friend um it's estimated this in terms of afro-caribbean diaspora that brings up to 350 million people around the world that's crazy that mad and that's why it, it, it's baffling it when people when when the sense of you try to group a, a race together it's like well <laughs> you can, in some elements yes i understand we all have similar things they can go across the board but then once you get a little bit past that, it's like, yeah, different motorways going in different directions, as, yeah. I, as I say. But no, thank you so much um, <laughs> for taking part into this podcast, even though there was a little bit of a technical <laughs> error. But like your story and your journey has been amazing to hear like from the beginning. Because sometimes we speak a bit, and like, I see it obviously on Instagram and whatnot, but to actually have an actual picture of it is 
giving me hope finishing uni <laughs> that it won't be as difficult as some make may make it seem I mean yeah I mean thank you so much for having me I mean it's always it's a bit mad like I mean what can I say I mean I finished uni not too long ago and I mean I agreed to help because obviously I understand the situation at the moment means some people can't film the final projects so of course if I can yeah. lend a hand, helping hand to people I, I can as and when like as and when I have the time to of course I'll jump on board there's no quarrels with that I mean I'm always happy to help um and I mean one thing I forgot to add actually quickly um is I mean there's gonna be some people listening like who are on the other side of it like how can I help people get into film um and I mean and and have the network to be able to help like one or two people and change their life forever I mean mm-hmm. in terms of commissioners in that sense if there's any listening the, the first thing I definitely would say is like when stories have been told I'm always 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 keen and I mean there's a couple of stories where I'm really struggling because I need to find a specific writer who's from a third culture background from yeah. that country so for me it's like the, the way I'm really trying to pitch my stuff is that it will, it will, I'm definitely really keen to find a writer who's from that culture that the, that the story's been written about yeah and also have the director that's also from that culture so that, so then obviously in terms of the creative team there could be yes other people from different cultures but I'm just really specific with that because I mean I understand that um everyone has a right to tell every story when when some of the stories that they definitely need that specific director and writer to, to have the nuances that you understand like kid at hood if I was directed by someone outside of London or written by someone outside of London yeah would it be as good I don't think so there'd be because even the minute details they'll be able to focus on and be able to capture than someone that isn't a part of it exactly like there's on netflix i saw there's a nollywood film about someone being sent back to nigeria um because they're bad in the u.s in their school in in the u.s and i was giggling at that trailer but yeah i mean it's just those little the things that the minute details like you're saying before that people know be understand understand and that's one thing definitely for I mean people probably thought about it but it's definitely worth one when obviously people prove it's a risk in terms of investing to people of course my goodness money is money at the end of the day yeah um but it's definitely if if, if you have a chance to be able to give someone a legwork maybe they need like a couple of months shadowing some director doing some other job and then you get feedback from the director and then you're like okay they have the understanding to know how it will work money-wise all this and keep the story faithful that's one thing I definitely recommend in terms of helping is being able to connect the culture to the story yeah I think I think that's that's what it should be to be honest a bit more it's fine if others don't do it, but connecting the culture to the story is, I think is where it's heading, is where a bit more, for sure. I think you see it a bit more now, like you said on Netflix or other streaming services, it's happening. So, yeah, can't wait to see what you create <laughs> um, <laughs> and what else you have in the works. And if I do carry on like a series like this and I'm not able to get like a production assistant or something like that, I'll definitely be interested to have you on board again, if you don't mind, or if you're free on that filming. 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, um, I can definitely even see for someone. I don't. He'd be very busy, but yeah, someone I, I know who might be able to help. Yeah. Get on. He's a relatively new PA, so he's definitely going to have loads of stories. You won't say obviously anything to do with the thing so, he's working I, on, but it's just yeah, the 100%. experience. It will that will paint the picture in itself. <laughs> yeah, because it'll be giving you a fresh perspective. Because I I've obviously had my experience, and I can tell people, but obviously when there's when you see other, it's really exciting when you see other black people around. In particular, for me, like it's always exciting to see diversity in film like, I'm always excited everyone I learn under it's always a blessing um, no matter where they come from because um, I mean I've been fortunate obviously to study outside of London so just understanding because um, I, I guess us as Londoners we can get caught up in our bubble really our bubble down there and it's just when you think of like the UK it's a bit bigger than the cities but there's other there's, there's loads of stories of pe- there's many many people even and like other like I've met many many people from white working class backgrounds who have crazy stories to tell yeah. yeah it's just having that diversity in terms of class as well all right thank you so much no it's at all no thank you for having me uh sorry <laughs> I dragged it on the <laughs> no it's fine